Hello, my name is Shane Hunt, and welcome to this edition of the Marketing Insights Podcast. I'm thrilled today to welcome my friend and colleague, Dr. John Mello. Uh, John is the Director of the Center for Supply Chain Management and a Professor of Supply Chain Management at Arkansas State University. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Shane. John, your area of specialty and a lot of your research is in the area of supply chain management. And and I think a lot of times when I talk to students or practitioners, I hear that term thrown around, but I don't know that we've really, a lot of people have a true definition of that. So so if you could kind of just start off by defining what what supply chain management is. So there's a lot of definitions, but the one that I use and the one we use in the book, it's... uh, a set of three companies that are uh, directly linked uh, with communica- uh, communication inf- information technology, products, services, and finances. And the idea of a, a chain, a supply chain, is kind of a, a, it's, it's a good analogy in that, you know, like with a chain, right. one of the links breaks, just like uh, if one of the companies goes down, has a fire, there's there's a you know problem at a port, whatever it it destroys uh, the continuity of the supply chain. But a supply chain really isn't a chain, okay. uh, and a supply chain isn't really three companies. It, right. It's a minimum of three companies. It's hundreds of companies put together in a network. And so Walmart, for example, when they sell sun care products, they're not just buying banana bone. They're buying a number of different kinds of sun care products. And their chain isn't broken because a banana boat factory goes down for some reason or another, or there's there's problems with transportation. So it's really a network, and, and every company that cares about its supply chain sets up the network in ways that has redundancy, where if something goes wrong in one part of the supply chain, there are other companies that can pick it up. So it's not really a chain, but it's kind of a neat analogy in that respect. No, I think that's a great clarification, John. I think sometimes we get caught up with buzzwords, and I think it's better to kind of have a deeper understanding. Let me ask you a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about types of supply chains? Yeah, so it's typical to think about supply chains as two different types. One is a responsive kind of supply chain. And what happens with a responsive supply chain is we're trying to get products that are already produced very quickly to our customers, or we're doing customization. Okay. Uh, And these kind of supply chains are really based on speed. And I'd like to talk a little bit about speed because I think Mm -hmm. it's kind of neat. Talk about the history of of speed in trade and supply chains. So I'd like to tell my students it was... Back, if you look back to the, the early 1800s, nothing in the world moved faster than a horse. You couldn't move people. You couldn't move goods any faster than a horse could go or, or, or a quick camel set okay. on the Silk Road. Starting uh, probably around 1820 or so, we had some inventions that came along, some really good technology. And that whole technology you know, Boone has been going on for, you know, a couple of centuries, but we had the steam engine. So that started driving locomotives. We could go a lot faster than a horse. And on the ocean, we had propeller-driven 
ships that were driven by steam that could go a lot faster than a sailing vessel. A sailing vessel could maybe, on the best day, go, oh, say 10, 12 miles an hour, okay. where these vessels were going 20, say. Mm-hmm. So a lot faster. Then we had the internal combustion engine, and as far as supply chain is concerned, the diesel engine is the most important aspect of that, because that's what drives our big rig trucks, that's what drives our big container ships, oil tankers, things like that. But another big thing is information technology, and so we can now communicate with each other at at the light of at the speed of light, where wow. it used to take a month or two months to, months to cross an ocean to get a letter from one place to another. Now we send them a text. Instantaneously. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We send them an electronic data interchange. So, um, and then a, a, an example of responsive, a responsive supply chain is Amazon. Okay. So Amazon is now going to one day prime, okay? UPS and FedEx in 2020 are going to start delivering seven days a week. This is driven by consumer demands for responsiveness. So we continue to try to get ahead on the edge of speed and the edge of responsiveness. Don't ask me where we can go after that. I I really don't know. The other kind of supply chain is an efficient supply chain. And this is using economies of scale, big purchases, Big movements of goods, like in a container ship, where we can move up to 20,000 20-foot containers filled with all kinds of stuff, uh, very efficiently. And, and part of that, of course, is driven by the fact that we are going overseas to source goods. And we have to be able to move those goods economically. You put them on an airplane, there's no point in making them in Asia is going to drive the cost up too high. Yep. It'll work okay for Rolex watches, but not T-shirts. Absolutely. So we see efficient supply chains, a good example of that, a wonderful example of that. And and one I generally ban in my classes because it's so obvious is Walmart. Yeah. Uh, Walmart is the epitome of the efficient supply chain where they're using economies of scale and they run their own businesses. They run their own I don't mean business, I mean logistics operations. Mm-hmm. So they have their own transportation, they have their own warehousing and distribution. They consider that a core competency. They do everything at scale. And that drives the price down for consumers who go, uh, you know, to a Walmart store, they're seeing everyday low prices. And I think that's consistent throughout. No, I think, John, that's a great point. And I think it's important for students who are listening to this that maybe are taking a principles of marketing class and they learn about the four P's and we talk about place and distribution and supply chain management. I think exactly what, what you said about Walmart using that as a core competency, yeah. there are an emerging number of companies throughout the world that their ability to manage their supply chain is really at the core of their success as a business, as that a marketing entity. That has made them extremely successful. And, there are, and, now, and, and there's another interesting thing. You don't have to just be responsive. Yeah. You don't have to be just efficient. Take Nike. They do a regular make-to-stock kind of business where they forecast the shoes, they make them, they put them into a warehouse, they wait for orders to come in. But they also do an online customization business. You order what you want in terms of the shoe configuration, what color you want, you know, things like that. They make it and they ship it to you. That's being responsive in terms of customization. 
but not in speed because right. it takes them a while. Because it takes a while to do it. But it's responsive because you get what you want. Let Let me ask John. We have time for for one more question. Let me ask this question. A lot of companies that I've visited with are talking about and concerned about the effects of tariffs and some of the external environmental policy uh, decisions and how that impacts supply chains. Could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I think, you know, we we know that tariffs are something that's going on right now that's, that's used, being used as a negotiation and possibly as a political tool to get other countries to do things that we that certain people in this country would like them to do and um, and so I think from that aspect we need to realize that when we apply tariffs there are often unintended consequences and that's very true of supply chains so we talked about supply chains as a network okay when Walmart orders goods for their efficiency supply chain and for their for their uh, inexpensive sales they're not buying those goods typically from the United States where are they getting them from most of those goods come from Asia many of them come from China when you start putting tariffs on Chinese goods for example anyone who thinks that that's suddenly going to move production back to the United States doesn't understand supply chains it would take a tremendous amount of effort to rebuild the apparel industry in this country that we had back when my grandparents worked at it. What happens is they simply move the production someplace else. It goes to Vietnam, Indonesia, Malaysia, India. Sometimes it gets made in China and gets sent to another country and gets diverted. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about tariffs as, as something that might get us to a, uh, some place where we want to be in terms of fairness. That's one thing. But when we think, if we're thinking that it's going to bring production back to the United States, that's delusional. It, yeah. It's simply not going to happen. That's not saying that some production isn't going to come back, but entire industries like apparel, electronics, simply not going to happen because it costs too much to make things in the United States. No, and John, I appreciate that. And I think that's such a great thing because one of the things that I think students studying marketing should be aware of is just how those external environmental factors like tariffs and like other policy decisions, how those impact the supply chain and then ultimately impact marketers. Well, I want to thank you, John, for joining me today on this podcast. And thank you all for listening. And I look forward to visiting next time on the Marketing Insights Podcast. Hope everybody has a great day. Thank you.